Oh hello everyone, sorry no time for a big introduction today as this Space Ranger toy has already made today's selection and it's into infinity. That's right. And beyond! Uh, well no we're not actually going beyond, uh, in the story, in the story they go quite a long way beyond, uh, obviously as the title implies, but uh, those of us just listening to the story, we're not actually going uh, you know, all that far, we're just sort of sitting where we are and, and, and listening to it, uh, you know? You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. Oh, bye then. Well, here's the day after tomorrow. Well, this is a lovely surprise to have on the randomizer. The uh, day after tomorrow, or Into Infinity, one-off pilot film from 1975. And uh, yeah, we've been doing episodes from, from full series for so long that um, I'd quite forgotten, actually, that there were things in the randomizer, one-offs like this and... The Investigator, and You've Never Seen This, and Blue Skies Ahead, and uh, Space Police, they're all in there. And uh, here we are with probably my favourite of the uh, unmade pilots, I think. Delta, the jump-off point for humanity's first momentous journey to the stars. Let's let Ed explain the setup first. Altares, the first of its kind to harness the limitless power of the photon. Particles of light which can boost the ship to 186,000 miles per second. The speed of light. This could create the effects predicted by Einstein's theory of relativity. Effects that could shrink the very fabric of space, distort time, and perhaps alter the structure of the universe as we understand it. Effects which no man has yet experienced, and you will share it. The crew are arriving from Earth. They will be the first to fulfill man's dream to break out into deep space, to leave the world we call Earth. A tiny planet circling a small, cool star we call the Sun. One of some 200 billion suns in our galaxy, the Milky Way, which we call the stars. And our galaxy, just one among billions strewn throughout the infinity of space, the universe. A universe not only stranger than we imagine, but stranger than we can imagine. I love that line. And there's our title, The Day After Tomorrow. I, I always assume that The Day After Tomorrow is the title of what would have been the series, and then Into Infinity is the episode title. I let Ed's narration play out there just to set this up for people who've never seen it, because I imagine there are quite a lot of people out there who have never seen this. Mission, they will journey to Alpha Centauri. There's a UN space shuttle docking there. I like the design of that craft. I like um, all of the vehicles in this um, special, a lot of them designed by Martin Bauer. Time dilation effect could create immense human problems for the crew. And another gorgeous map painting. Um, very similar, actually, to the one we see in Mission of the Darians. Uh, I suspect it's probably the same painting. Avoid the frightening dilemma of just resprayed. As returning to find their children as old, if not older, than they are, they will now travel as complete family units. Well, with one exception. No, don't make me sit and watch this bit. She has to say goodbye to the dog. I hate it. You'll take care of him, won't you, sir? If literally anything in life involves you saying goodbye to your dog and going far away and never seeing them again, trust me, that thing is not worth it. <laughs> you don't you don't go away from your doggy. And then of course we get the the sad close-up on Doggy's face. Oh dear. Yeah, but going back to that map painting, it's it's amazing that um I'm assuming that's uh, one of Keith Wilson's go to so much trouble for one shot and in the case of the uh, the the mission of the darians painting it was used several times throughout the episode that painting was just used for that one shot 
Um, I imagine it must be a, a complete respray of the Darien's painting, because otherwise there's... You know, what else were they going to do with it? But now our brave crew members are boarding the lightship Altares. We have... Well, we have Nick Tate as Captain Harry Masters. We have uh, Joanna Dunham and Brian Blessed as uh, Tom and Anna Bowen. We have Harry's daughter Jane Masters, played by Catherine Levy. And we have the Bowen's son, um, Thingy, <laughs> played by Martin Lev. I nearly got them all. Oh, I nearly got them all. Never mind. All set? All set. Right. Let's go. Yeah, this was produced between the two series of Space 1999 as a one-off television special. You would have thought that... Um, Guidance system. Having watched him in action through the first series of Space 1999, you wouldn't then think, you know what we should we, we should cast Nick Tate as? Atmosphere. A spaceship captain. Because he always lands his spaceships just perfectly. Gravity. But it is great to see him as a lead in this. He's He is absolutely leading man material. And he carries the special along with the rest of the cast. It's a really nice cast, actually, for this special. Time to lift off. 320 seconds. Yeah, Brian Blessed. We have Brian Blessed on the randomizer. Um, this is his second of three Anderson appearances. There he is, putting some things into some other things. Codes activated. And check radiation screens. And, of course, it's obvious if, you, if you've never seen this special before... But you're a fan of Space 1999, all you need to do is look at it for a few seconds and then you realise, oh right, so much of this is either reused from 1999 or it would be used again in the second series of 1999. Uh, and obviously that includes most of the cast, including this guy. It's time, good luck and goodbye. Don Fellows, who was the newsreader in, at the end of Breakaway. May not be around when you youngsters return. Old age could have got me or something. You, Jim, you're indestructible. <laughs> Ooh. Don't be too sure. There's this other guy in red who's ahead of me on that. Yeah, he's wearing a costume that looks a bit like Koenig. Koenig's uh, you can see how you look from the cameras and dark sleeve thing. Well, good luck until we meet again. Goodbye, Jim. Bye, Jim. Bye, bye, Jim. So yeah, for those who don't know, this was a, a television special that Jerry Anderson was asked to produce by George Heinemann of NBC. Uh, they were putting together a series of. Um, shows for children, educational shows and specials, and uh, he needed some someone to, for some reason, he decided that um, explaining Einstein's theory of relativity was uh, a good place to start. So he got uh, Jerry to, well, he asked Jerry to create a one-off. Jerry, being Jerry, obviously came at this thinking, well, maybe we could create a series on the side here. So that's why you get. A special that's that's heavy on the um, information about Einstein and, and so on, but also heavy on the action and adventure. Mission. And considering there's only 45 minutes-ish to play with here, I think it's an amazing balance of both. A lot of the, the other Anderson pilots that never went anywhere, you can see why, you know, Space Police wasn't quite there, and you could you, nobody in their right mind was ever going to pick up the investigator. But this... This is this is this is balancing everything just right. It's a really nice, uh, nice special. And there they go, past the moon, course confirmed. which is still in Earth orbit in this reality. Three one seven. Of course, the lightship Altares looks a lot like uh, 
the meta probe and the ultra probe that we'd seen in space 1999 it does this feels although it clearly isn't happening in the same universe because you know moon um it does feel like the same universe in terms of tone and um and view stand by regarding sort of humanity's place on earth and in space but here we go we're all set for first blast of the old uh, the engines uh, velocity we're now at uh, 50,000 miles per second still increasing that's uh, making Brian Blessed's beard go all bushy you're looking good Al Terry's acceleration effect is as predicted you're well into the red spectrum of the Doppler shift oh there's that uh... yeah the actors have now all got uh, fans blowing on their faces That this was something they used. I don't think they used this fan effect in the first series of Space 1999. I'm probably wrong. But um, they definitely used it in the second season. Extreme close-ups of uh, fans blowing on actors' faces in the Metamorph, I think it was. But yeah, this is the photon drive pushing the Altares into light speed and away from the Earth's solar system. And I like with this as well that it, although it's clearly so um, focused around Einstein and his theory and this and that, I don't know about anyone else. I don't feel particularly uh, educated coming away from this. I think more when I watch this, I think, oh, I had a really good time with this, rather than I've learnt something about Einstein and his his theory and the man himself. Point five degree error. But a lot of characters in this one almost seem to sort of worship Einstein. It's, oh, that thing happened. Yes, just like Einstein predicted. Oh, he was clever. I'm getting ahead of myself here, I feel. We'll, we'll get to all this. Looks like we're on our way. We've a long way to go. And some lovely music from uh, Derek Wadsworth and, and Steve Coe to carry us through. I really like the music in it. There's a big blue planet coming up to us now. It's Pluto and it isn't really blue. We're travelling so fast that the light waves get squashed up to the short end of the spectrum. So it only looks blue. As it recedes, you'll see it turn red. It's called the Doppler shift. Mm. Happy gamers, you think you know it all? Just enough to get us where we're going. And this is something I find uh, unlikely successful. That's not a word, but again, it's another word I've invented. Goodbye, Pluto. Goodbye, solar system. Oh, that's a nice moment. Yeah, um, we have not one but two child actors in this thing, and by and large, they're both brilliant. I know some people have criticised Martin Lev's character for... He's a bit of a know-all. He's a bit of a, a, a smug little guy. But um, that's what he's meant to be. That's what he's written as. So I don't fault him on his performance at all. And uh, Catherine Levy is great as well. And it's nice that... Seven degrees port. Yeah, all five of them are so gung-ho. Let's, let's do this thing. But she is a bit more sort of... Well, you know, th there's a reluctance there at times. Beautiful. As well as that wonder of, of what's actually happening. David. Oh, David, that's his name. Yeah, she's looking out the window and enjoying it, and he's there with his clipboard and his pencil and his head down making notes and observations. What I do? You haven't answered my question. 
Yes, I do want to know what's out there in space. Just imagine, there are something like a million Earth-type planets in the Milky Way alone. And considering the sci-fi shows and child actors, I think we got very lucky with these two. Even though it was just for the one-off. 30 years. It's a long time, isn't it? They could both be insufferable, and they're really not. So, yeah, top marks to both of them for for their performance here. Unfortunately, Martin Lev is, is no longer with us. I can't remember what happened to him, but um, as I recall, it, it wasn't... It wasn't anything good, unfortunately. I, I don't think he had a very long life, which is which is a shame. Ah, there we go. We found Alpha Centauri on our charts. And it does look pretty. Everything in this special looks pretty. Again, it's a very strong influence on the, the visual look of the second season of, of Space 1999. In terms of how that se season portrays space... There's suddenly lots of bright yellows and bright pinks and bright blues, and it looks kind of garish, but... The crew of the Altares... I think it also... it, it works. Profound wonder they feel at seeing what no man has ever seen before. I'm feeling a sense of profound wonder. ...work has first priority. Hmm, what are we going to do? Satellites. Ah. These will transmit invaluable data, which, in years to come, will help future travellers to enter and explore the Alpha Centauri solar system. They are also aware that the scientific work they now do could bring immeasurable benefits to their own planet, Earth. They come from a world where natural resources have been squandered, where pollution and the haphazard destruction of the environment has put the future of humanity into jeopardy. Oh, nice little uh, of the Altaris nod to, to life back on Earth in the world of the day after tomorrow. Not really that much different from our own. ...into the galaxy. Unfortunately. The Einstein's time dilation effect has created a widening gap between the relative ages of the crew and the people of Earth. Mm. Meanwhile... That was something I never understood, the time dilation thing. I mean, I don't, I don't really walk away from this feeling that I've been educated at all. Well, we've done it. Maybe it's my own very short atten attention span. But I'd never understood the time dilation thing. Please, please, please... Don't leave any comments about that below this this episode because I'm never going to understand it. I think it's just one of those mental blocks I'm always going to have. The is travelling at the speed of light and was transmitted from Earth 100 days after your departure. Since your velocity was slightly less than 186,000 miles per second, it was computed to catch up with you on completion of your work program in the vicinity of Alpha Centauri. The time has now come for you to make a heartrending decision. Tell us about the dog. ...to Earth or to move deeper into space to your second objective. Whatever your decision is, all the nations on Earth will remember your achievements with pride and affection. Unless you die, in which case... End of Delta transmission. You know. He could have brought the dog along for that. That's clearly all um, Jane's thinking about. Well, which is it to be? Now, you all know the rules. I'm in charge. One dissenting voice. And we return. So, we're going forward or are we going back? Forward. Forward? Okay. I agree. Count me in, Skipper. Jane. Yes, let's go on. Okay. We go on. <sighs> so, they're heading forward into the unknown. And all I can think about is... His poor old Springer the dog. We've got a real 
Jurassic Bark ending for that poor animal on our hands here, I think. Oh. Anyway, Brian Blessed is doing science things. Altera is now under automatic computer guidance. Hang on. You could be in for some gravitational turbulence. So going back to what I was saying earlier about um, Jerry having an eye on this as a, a a pilot for a potential series, I've always found that certainly it's a consistent goal within his you know his pattern of of production through this period. But I don't think there's it's the ship. I don't think, and I, I said this in the in my um, day after tomorrow primer video actually. The idea of this one ship alone in the void. The computer's happy. I don't know if it could sustain a full series, and I noticed going back to to look at that a while ago, lots of people in the comments saying, uh, "Well, what about Lost in Space? What about Lost in Space?" Admittedly, I I have very little experience of Lost in Space. Just as Einstein predicted. Oh, there he is, Einstein. He's so clever. All this before we'd even learn to fly, let alone travel through space. Anna, mm -hmm. was his theory of relativity his life work? Oh, no, it's just a small part of it. He spent the last 20 years of his life in America, working on an even more fantastic project, the unified field theory. But he died before he could complete it. Oh, yeah, every uh, Lost in Space I've ever seen, well, I, I saw the movie, the, uh, was it 1998 movie? Back up. Obviously that doesn't count. But no, every time I've seen Lost in Space, the original television series, they always seem to be on a planet. And then either a, a, a Viking or a, a giant carrot turns up or, or something ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I apologise to uh, anyone who saw the, the Day After Tomorrow Primer and heard me say that and thought, ah, Lost in Space. Um, if there are lots of episodes of Lost in Space where they are in space, then um, then fine. I'm just it's just that every time I've seen the show briefly, they've uh, they've always been on a planet. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about this. The photon drive has cut in. And uh, yeah, we've seen Alan Carter wrestling with controls and levers in the Eagle to no effect. Now he's doing the same here. The Altaires? Oh no, we have a failsafe, and it worked. Everyone's happy with that. Is it going to explode? Uh, no, it's flickering. The music is telling us this is bad, and it's gone. Oh, see, if that was an eagle, it would have it would have exploded. So we're back to fiddling with the lever. There's no way. I can't cut the drive. Just keep on accelerating. But it's pretty. We can't just keep on accelerating. I mean, nothing can travel faster than light. Can it, Dad? Yeah, that's what the theory says. Forget the theory. Strap in. <laughs> that's a good tagline for the special, actually. At least Jerry's approach to it. Forget the theory. Strap in. You're going to learn some stuff, but you're going to have some uh, some adventure along the way. And this is a very nice sequence. Um, everyone getting into their seats, but of course, poor old Anna, as her bunk is at the absolute back of the ship, right in front of the engines. So everyone else has made it to their chairs in time, but she hasn't quite made it. And then we get this this um, rather impressive stunt. She's thrown across the room. Hmm. Husband's noticed. No! No! 
You don't want to have Brian Blessed flying across the cabin. Oh, they're creeping up on the light speed. The special effects are whizzing past faster and faster. Everyone's got a fan on their face. Yes. Oh, oh, if you ever wanted to see out Brian Blessed's nostrils, then have we got a special for you. Thank goodness this isn't in HD. In fact, everyone's getting good uh, nostril close-ups here. Oh, exciting stuff. And again, with um, going back to the visuals of this, I'm not sure to what extent they're trying to ape 2001 just a little bit, which obviously was a huge uh, influence on, on the first season of Space 1999. Not so much here. There's a sort of... Um, I think the the music kind of pushes a sort of disco vibe. Um, we are definitely in the 70s here. But there's a sequence coming up near the end that I think might be a bit 2001 inspired. Anyway, did we make it? Hi. Yeah, we made it. The photon stopped. Uh-huh. Failsafe got back in. But oh. I'm going to reverse thrust. Are you all right? Yeah. How's mother? Mother, hmm. Yeah, he couldn't call it. He doesn't seem like the kind of kid who would call her mum. But I do like actually that um, we have two family units here as part of this crew. Are you alright? And I know we've had like, you know, Atlanta and Sam Shaw, and uh, I suppose the Zeros in Fireball XL5, but this is. A nice and rare, very rare for an Anderson show example with the Bowens of a complete family unit, father, mother and child, working together as professionals. And that's what I, uh, something else I really like about this special is... No power at all now. That all of these characters feel... Acceleration must have burned out some of the drive units. Feel like equal professionals, even the children. Space-time coordinates are gone. Which they didn't need to do. You you could have had just the adults knowing things and the kids come along going, Whoa, whoopee, wow, cool. We've been unconscious. Oh, how far we've trapped. So it's quite admirable, again, that they would paint the the children as, as trained experts in their fields. And again, it doesn't come across as... Uh, Computer can't recognise any of the stars out there. Uh, you know, pandering. It'd mean we're off course by billions of miles. Oh. That's right. Oh, no. What about Space Beacon Delta? Couldn't we get a fix on that? Or Navigation Beacon Delta? We'll try. But finding that beacon is like hunting for a needle in a billion haystacks. Now, I've got to face it, Skipper, we're lost. Lost in space. It'll never work. Yeah, and we're going to stay lost without that photon drive. And what's the heat level like inside the chamber? I'll check it. The drive's shut down, so there's no radiation hazard. And in addition to um, reused props and main cast member from Space 1999, Joanna Dunham here playing Anna was in Missing Link, playing Varna. And of course, Brian Blessed was in uh, Death's Other Dominion, playing Dr. Rowland. Heat insulation's weakened. So it's nice that um, we, we sort of not only reward Nick Tate for his service through the first series, we, we get these two back as well for recognition for, uh, for their guest work. And we're being pulled... Right, we go in now. Towards a star. Well, how long do you think you'll survive? Oh, I don't know. Well, if you wear the heat suit, about 15 minutes, no more. Right, we go in and relay. I go first. Tom, you and Anna get all the dope you can on that rate of drift, will you? Right, Skip. All the dope. Hmm. You know, I so. Harry, 
I mean it. Fifteen minutes maximum. Now we've got to go in and fix the uh, photon drive, because of course we've um, we've we've um, come to a stop near this uh, star that's pulling us towards it. And again, this is something that happens a lot in this special. Considering it's only one episode, they basically cover any uh, interstellar, deadly interstellar phenomena that have ever been recorded. We don't want to lose our captain, do we? One after another after another. And again, with this family stuff, it does make the stakes feel feel much higher. You know, it's not just a question of John Koenig is is in trouble and Helen is getting a bit weepy. It's no, this is this is again a bit more personal. And I kind of get that they included the the children as a nod to this being an educational special, but the way they use them is very commendable. And there's that wonderful. Uh, huge metal door from uh, I, I, I assume this is the same one from Force of Life that Zorif forces his way into at the end and we see it a few times in the second season of the show as well and this is the part of the special I feel maybe takes a bit too long and maybe there isn't quite enough going on this repair of the engines because it's just Nick Tate in a, in a room with a tube and uh a few props to futz around with. But what's this? The thing is going wee-woo-wee-woo. Let me see. Comparing it with our own Earth Sun, its radius is 10,000 times larger. Its mass is only twice as large. And its density, now this is the incredible thing, its density is less than a millionth of our own. Anna, these, um, these figures hmm. speak for themselves. It's increased surface temperature Abnormal expansion rate. Hmm? The sun, it's uh, just about had it. Anna, we better set up a full sensor analysis to watch that sun right away. Hmm. So, it doesn't look good for anyone or anything. And there was a lot of uh, technical jargon in that, uh, that sequence. I did trim some of it, but... Um, to throw all that in the direction of children is is quite something. I do certainly admire this special for not talking down to children, um, for not only expecting them to be interested in in Einstein and all his theories and such, but to dying star to present them with this this content and not really make any um, sort of concessions to the fact that it's aimed at a child audience. But it could stay as it is for a hundred years. I don't know to what extent, though, that. Um, a child audience would appreciate this um, and I mean that with all respect to the production I, I'm not sure what age group this is this is aimed at really I've got to say like 10 and up maybe I don't know if you were watching the day after tomorrow as a kid back in the 70s when this was first shown how did you respond to this I would be genuinely interested because this is you know, a rarity, a one-off Anderson pilot that actually got shown. Were you, would you have been on board for more of these? Did you think, what is this? It's clearly an Anderson thing, but I don't recognise any of the characters. I would love to know more about the the response this got at the time. Yes, smack in the middle. Because I, I, um, I hope it was well received. You tell him we'll stay in there. It deserves to be. Risks. Jane, we're all at risk. 
But now it's confirmed. Skipper. Yeah. Now listen. We've got to get the ship away from here. That red sun, it's about to blow. Mm. How much time? Minutes, Skipper, just minutes. Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Harry is now, having fiddled with the top bit of the engines, he's moved on to the bottom of the engines. Jane is not taking this well, and outside, the red sun continues to get redder. Dad, Dad, you must come out! Jane! Take it easy, Harry. We're almost there. And if I don't make it, Brian Blessed will raise you as his own. When we were in train... I we... know, they told us something dangerous. I just didn't think it could happen. Not to us. Not to the man who played Alan Carter. Things always go so well on his spaceships. Harry, come out. I'll take over. Uh, nearly finished! Skipper, you're beyond the limit. Yeah. You think I don't know that? <sighs> come on. This is, uh... Oh. Oh, as soon as I say come on, the sun starts to go nova. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to say this sequence is, was starting to drag a bit, but... Uh, you better get in your positions. Yes, this is where it starts to build up to something more exciting. Harry's on his way out of the engine room. The music is back! Finally, we've, we've been without music for a while. That's it. Photon drive is active again. So now we can get out of here. That's it. Harry is staggering out of the engine room. Stay with of course, he's going to be very hot. Only Brian Blessed can touch him because he has special gloves on. We fix it, Tom. We fix it. Better get this ship out of here. Jane, get going. Oh, and Anna's got. Uh, Let go. Get this ship moving. Helena's medical kit. Anna, go with her. All right, yeah. And a really nice action scene here. And. Um, Joanna Dunham having a bit of trouble getting into the uh, the co-pilot seat there. And uh, again, going back to the, the way they're using the child actors in this show, we now have a child character. She's in charge of piloting the spaceship. She's the pilot of this spaceship as they make their daring escape away from the, uh, the exploding star. And again, the effects are looking lovely here. Alteres is spinning out of control. But at the last moment... The engines kick in, and we start to move away. So, that's another disaster behind us. They've only been in space, what, half an hour at this point? And space is an absolute death trap for these people. You know, it would have taken the Moonbase Alpha crew, they would have spent a whole episode dealing with a supernova. This lot, oh, we'll, we'll 15 minutes tops. Where do you think you're going? But again, it has to to be like that to get all these scientific and space phenomena that we want in our story. Never better. Onto the screen. How are we doing? No damage, and we're clear. Oh, good. Where's Jane? Piloting. Hmm. Doing a very good job, and this is a nice reunion as well. There's a nice, um... Dad! Dad, I was so frightened. Genuine feeling of family among these two units that make up the Alteris crew. Is this a good thing happening now? Could be just a pulsar. It's not the meta signal, is it? 
Don't go there. No, it's Delta Beacon. Quick, David, feed it into the computer before we lose it. Delta. The signal was transmitted 15 years after we left Earth. That's right. Skipper, that means that we can now work out our position relative to Earth. It's our first real break we've had, Tom. Give us our course. We're going home. Yay! Everyone's very happy about this. Oh, no. Anna isn't. And needless to say, typical man, it takes Brian quite a while to notice that she's staring forlornly out the window. What is it, sweetheart? Fifteen years, Tom. Well, my parents, your father. Jane's dog. The old. Even dead by now. Anna, we're going home. Yes, Tom. We're going home. Because the alternative is staying out here and eating each other. I don't know what your supply situation is like, but I can't imagine it's... Who's steady? Well, I don't know if, um... If uh, Earth was ever expecting to have them back or not. We haven't seen anybody eating or drinking through this thing. Skipper, we're off course. On to the 4.2. Well, not again. Now, hurry, Skipper. Uh, we're coming under intense gravitational pull. Skipper, bear three degrees starboard. And increase power. More power! Can't break it. See, this is Brian Blessed in that magic period when he was still Brian Blessed actor before he became Brian Blessed! A professional shouty man! So it's... It's rare to see him saying things like we're off course rather than we're off course! Again, this is just a, a year or so before he was um, yeah. ranting at the top of his voice in, in Blake 7. Here, he's he's very um, restrained. We've been pulled into a black hole. Set tangible course bearing 30 degrees port. And yet it works. He's, um, he's perfect for this role. It's great to see him uh, as one of the leads in an Anderson thing. Now, there it is. A black hole. Or a black sun. They, d they don't call it black sun here, oddly. I know so little about black holes, except that they're stars that have collapsed in on themselves. They not only bend life, they actually swallow it. It doesn't say much for your chances. It's no good. We can't break free. Harry, my instruments are all haywire, but I think that hole is rotating. What does that mean? Oh. It means we may have a chance. Some say that if you pass through a rotating black hole, you end up in a new universe. Oh. A new dimension, even. I don't know to what extent that's true. Uh, given the track record in this special so far... There's no way back. I suspect certainly that there were people theorising that at, at the time this was made. Then we're crushed out of existence. Well, you've only got the one special, so... If you get crushed, well... You weren't going to do any more anyway, and if you don't... There's nothing more we can do. To escape, we'd have to travel faster than light. Now, you heard what Anna said. Nobody knows what it's like to travel through a black hole. So let's not panic. Ah. Just help each other. All we can. And hope that we make it. Yeah. Oh, Nick Tate's so good. Taking the hands of each of the children. Everyone's putting their hands around each other. Oh, we're in. We're going in. And here we go. It's all going to get a bit trippy. This is our attempt to uh, to do something a bit artsy. And uh, a lot of what we see here 
I've always felt this all of this could have been avoided if uh, any of them had had their, their seatbelts on. Instead, as we plunge into the black hole and all these colours and things, everyone starts throwing themselves around the ship, and we have these uh, these little moments of characters trying to get to each other and not being able to because they're not really there or they're running backwards or whatever. It's visually very interesting. The music also helps a lot. I mean, there's no denying it is incredibly silly. And yet, it's thoroughly in keeping with um, with the trippiness of... You know, the established trippiness of going through a black hole as established in Space 1999. Yeah, everyone's running in slow motion or being played backwards, pulling silly faces. It's fun stuff, but... Um, In the context of these people being on a spaceship, I'm not entirely sure what a lot of this is meant to represent. Um, like, here's Brian Blessed screaming at an overhead projector. I was told the engineer would come and fix it on Thursday! Um, and then he just sort of gives up and wanders off. I don't know what direction they would have give, given the actors for this. If any. I don't know what was in the script. Um... So it's a it's a very nice looking sequence, but um, a lot of what we're seeing the actors doing is uh, is is just a bit silly, but great fun though. I, I do have a lot of fun actually imagining what the director was saying to these actors to get them to pull some of these faces or. Now imagine, Brian, you're running backwards and you see your wife, but she's not really there, but then you're not really there and she was there all along. Anyway, looks like it was a rotating black hole, because we've come out the other side, and it's even prettier on this side than it was on the side we were just on. Lots of pink. Lots of neon colours everywhere. It looks very pretty, and as, as I said, this special, I think, really sets the tone, the visual tone of um, a lot of the space shots for the second series of 1999. Where are we? Indeed, some of the, some of the effects, the space shots were reused. I think the, the remnants of the supernova turn up in 1999 a couple of times. It's a new world. Yeah, we've turned up near a planet. Looks like we get to visit a planet after all, David. Yeah, we've no idea what's there. It could be anything, but we're ending this on a happy note. They have survived their journey through the black hole and crossed the frontiers of human knowledge. Ed says everything's going to be okay. They know it is impossible to return to Earth and to their own space and time. I'm not entirely sure that this is a particularly optimistic ending, considering it's an alien planet, there's only five of them, they can't get home. Final word. But Ed says it's okay, and I trust Ed. And you should too. A new universe, a new hope, only time will tell. This is Kent Brockman. Well, that was the day after tomorrow, and as I said, out of all the unmade Anderson pilots and bits and pieces that were meant for a series but never went anywhere, this is, this is by far my favourite. I really wish there had been more from this. I know there are the books. I've never read any of the books. But uh, I, I love the way this handles a lot of the space concepts. Just the right level of engagement for a child audience. I love all of the actors and all of the characters. I love the way it doesn't talk down to children. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And if you don't have it, go and watch it.